following is a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. Listen to uh, Jason and Mike's show. Fantastic show they put on. Hope you're going to like this one. Uh, This is warning direct conflict with their businesses. So I had to say that. Yeah. So the title of our show today is, Should You Invest in Your Home? Should You Invest in Your Home? Wow. That's a... That's a... That's a touchy subject for a lot of people. And the reason, and maybe I should start with this. Most of you are not going to hear me. You may listen to me, but you're not going to hear me. And the reason is pretty simple. A couple reasons, actually. Number one, everything in your life to this point has told you that what I'm saying is not accurate. And you choose to hear that as opposed to me. Number two reason, which fits right in with that first one, is that you don't want to listen because you want to do what you want to do, by goodness, and you don't want anybody telling you otherwise. You only want things that validate what you already want to do anyway. You want to listen to information that that reinforces your decision to do what you wanted to do in the first place. (laughs) So the show itself... Uh, should you invest in your home? Because I'm offered, I'm asked this often. Um, I'll, I'll be doing a class for whatever, and because I'm almost always delving somewhat into investing or in real estate or whatever, I'll, I'll many times have people asking me, you know, how much money they should put in their home if she, they should uh, aggressively pay off their mortgage as an investment strategy um, if they're selling their home. You know, how much they should put into it, what, how much money is acceptable, what works, what doesn't, all that kind of stuff. And so this is really in uh, the show in keeping with uh, that barrage of questions that I do receive on a, on a regular basis. So let's begin first with what is a good investment? And I know you've heard me say this many times, but it, because this is so relevant here in this particular case, I think it's worth stating what is a good investment? And my answer is always, I don't know. What would you do instead? Because the reality is that a good investment for most of you, the threshold that determines what you would do instead versus uh, an investment is really low as a standard. You know, for somebody who says, well, if, if not this, I would put my money in the bank. Well, you know, okay, you're going to get a 1% interest rate. It doesn't take a whole lot for whatever else you do to beat that, right? And so for you, 
If your alternative is you're going to get 1% or 0% or some minimal amount because it's really not an investment, saving money in a bank account is not investing, then it doesn't take much to beat that. But when it comes to, to your home, putting money in your home, let me say again, it really doesn't take much to beat that. And that maybe is the most important point, because there are very few things, depending on your home's location, uh, your neighborhood, that will allow you, dollar for dollar, for every everything you put into it, to even break even. Listen to what I'm saying here. I don't care if you do it in the best places in the house. I don't care if it's in the kitchen. I don't care if it's in the master bathroom. I don't care if it's the, you know, finishing the basement or the lower level walkout or, or whatever. Just to break even dollar for dollar is in most cases not even realistic. And your best case scenario often is to get 70 to 90% of what you put in back out should you go to sell it or should you go and look at its true value in the marketplace at any given time. Now, obviously, there's anomalies. Last year, we happened to be in quite a selling frenzy that has changed and decreased somewhat or quite a bit at this point. But the reality is just breaking even. So when I say 70 to 90 percent, do you folks understand 70 to 90 percent means that for every dollar you put in, you're losing 10 to 30 percent on every dollar you put in? Do you understand what I'm saying? So when you watch the television shows that are so popular, uh, you know, HGTV has all these homes. Uh, people are remodeling and people are doing a lot of things to their own home. Uh, and they tell you because they know the the amazing ignorance of the average individual when it comes to finance or even the terms related to it, they will say you're going to, you're going to yield a, a 90% ROI. No, no, that's not 190%. Like some of you think you take it for that. No, no, that means 90% of what, of the money you put in, which means if you put in a hundred thousand dollars, you lost $10,000 by putting a hundred thousand into it. And by the way, that's from day one. Because let's not forget that the moment that you do this, the day after that brand new stuff that you put put the money into has now become dated the next day and it's now decreasing in its value to that home. So, I mean, if, if you want to ask me, is investing in my home a good investment? I don't really even need to say compared to what, because... You're not investing at all. You're throwing money in a black hole. That's what you're doing. But I am painfully aware that for most of you, that's not going to change anything. Because a lot of people are going to switch the channel right now and stop listening to me because they do not want to hear what I have to say because they've got designs on remodeling the kitchen or the master bathroom or finishing the lower level or building a four-season porch or whatever, and they have convinced themselves to validate what they really want, that this is a good investment because every real estate agent on the planet will tell you, yeah, that's a good investment to invest in your home. And look, look, folks, I'm not beating up on the real estate agents. But my analogy that I use frequently, which is ask a life insurance agent if you need life insurance and what do you think you're going to get as an answer? When you talk to a real estate agent and say, should I invest in my home? What do you think they're going to say? 
when they tell you that houses that you live in appreciate, you understand that houses you live in do not appreciate. They simply go up in value relative to inflation if inflation is increasing the price of homes. But you didn't make any money on that home. Look, if I've got $100 and the cost of everything else goes up and my $100 is now worth less in buying groceries at the grocery store, I didn't make money. The fact that it now takes $110 to buy the same bag of groceries I had before, hey, it's the same bag of groceries. It's the same gallon of milk. It's the same loaf of bread. That's what's going on to your house. So this idea that you're making money because over time your house doubles in value is like the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But this is how ignorant people are financially, and frankly, you might be in that bucket. That's why I make these jokes about you speak 401k. What does that mean? Am I saying that you do or don't have a 401k? No, it has nothing to do with that. It has to do with the ignorance that we are all, uh, you know, indoctrinated in and, and, and taught from day one when we go to school. Because everybody who's in big business and government wants more hamsters on the wheel. And whether you go to school and become an engineer, a doctor, an attorney, or whatever, you're still a hamster. You're just, you're just at a higher level. And the idea that anybody wants to teach you how to become legitimately financially independent, something that most of you don't even desire because you don't believe it's real. You know, you're hoping that you can have someday a nice house in a nice neighborhood where your kids have nice schools and you can save money in your retirement plan at work and take nice vacations and maybe get yourself a new boat or a lake home. That is the extent of your desires. And of course, a lot of you are saying, yeah, what the heck is wrong with that? Well, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but the reality is that has nothing to do with creating true wealth. And when you have true wealth, you have financial independence, which gives you strength in so much as you can say no to things that you would otherwise have to say yes to. Uh, you know, my, my company wants me to start working out of town two weekends a month. If I make, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars a year and hey, you're making great money, but you don't really have any financial strength. In other words, you couldn't quit working tomorrow if you wanted to because you're not financially independent. You need that paycheck to keep this lavish lifestyle going that you have. Well, you're just they say jump. You say how high? If you're financially independent, you say, no, that's not going to work for me because I could quit working tomorrow if I wanted to. So I'll just find something else. What employer on the planet do you think wants you to be able to be in a position to say that? Hence why nobody is ever, ever going to be taught how to create financial independence. And hence why you're always taught to do these stupid things that rob you from creating this financial independence. And this is exactly what I'm talking about when I describe should I invest in my home? That's it. And nobody else is going to want to tell you that because most everybody is punching their meal ticket based on the transactions that you do. So get that through your thick skull. So I'm telling you things that most likely you don't want to hear. Too bad. This is what it is. So, you know, when you when you think about should I invest in my home, just straight up as an answer, no, you shouldn't. So for any of you who are buying a home, with the intent that you're going to invest in it to make it your own. All right, let's just think about that. Invest in it to make it your own. Not make it for the next person who wants to buy it, to make it your own. Well, you know, as a dramatic uh, uh, example of this, you ever met people who have built, built a house for themselves and they do all this weird crap 
They put weird windows in. They put a, a door where nobody in their right mind would put a door. And they, they, they like weird colors and they like weird flooring and they got all this weird crap. And then, and they say to you, well, they don't care because this is their home and they're never going to sell it. Yeah, right. Sure. Someday you're going to die, dumb dumb, and maybe you're going to downsize, and maybe you're going to have more kids, or maybe, maybe, maybe all the things that are going to happen that you're you're not thinking about right now, and then you go to buy that house that you made it your own, and guess what? Everybody else wants to tear it down to the studs and start all over again to make it their own. Please explain to me how that's a good investment. Please tell me how that's a good investment. And this is what people do routinely. So. Know that when you buy a home in a neighborhood, a subdivision, part of town, whatever, it is very much in terms of how much of what you invest you're going to lose. <laughs> Notice I didn't say how much you're going to make. And, and and sure, there are instances where you may make a little bit. And remodelers make a business out of that. But remember, it's a totally different thing than you investing in the home you live in. And so... And, and, and boy, wait, 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 I gotta stop at that. Remember, when I'm when I talk on this show about the fact that an investment property and the home you live in are a hundred and eighty degrees difference, I don't think most of you really understand that. You think the home you live in, in terms of an investment, an investment property, you believe that the home you live in is simply a variation on that theme and they're pretty much the same thing. They're not even remotely related. They're not the same thing at all. When I own an investment property, I put 20% down, 25% down, and I am going to do the numbers before I ever put that money in. And if I don't believe that the market rents are going to pay every single expense, and in addition to every expense, which is the property taxes, the insurance, the maintenance on the property, I'm going to have to have money, extra money above that to build an escrow account for vacancies, which I will invariably have. I'm going to need to have money above those things to be able to hire a management company because I'm never going to manage my own investment properties. And I'm going to have to have money so when things go wrong, I have money for maintenance and I still want to cash flow, make more money than that on top of all of those things with the rent that I'm paid by the tenant. And if I can't do that, then it's not a good investment property. You have no idea how many of your friends or people you know who invest in real estate and their numbers will never accomplish what I just told you. Hence why the average real estate investor only survives for an average of two years. So when I talk about what I consider a legitimate investment property, it's very different than most of what your dumb, dumb friends have as investment properties. And it doesn't matter if they already own 10 of them, because most likely they're bleeding on every single one of them. They just don't know it yet. So when I talk about an investment property, all of those expenses that I just described in the investment property, when the numbers are good, the tenant pays all those numbers. In the home you live in, who pays all those numbers? You do. So, are they even remotely the same? And see, when I own an investment property and someone else is paying everything, well, then whatever transpires as a result is free, costs me nothing. 
And so now when the home goes up in value relative to my outstanding debt, the loan, the mortgage that I have, now I'm actually making money because I'm never going to live in this house. Additionally, they're paying down the loan and it's not costing me one penny out of my own pocket to pay down the loan. So when you think about an investment property versus the home you live in, it's not a variation on a theme. It's a completely different thing. When you talk about people who, who you watch on television who remodel properties for sale, the art is to be able to put money into something and make it look like it's more valuable than the money that you spent. Not just mindlessly throw money into something. Hey, anybody can make your home amazing, and most people do this. For what reason? Because they want to show that they can. See, how many of you would deny the fact that many times some of the things that you do are simply to show others around you that you can afford to do it? Right? You can afford to do this thing, and you're proving it to everyone to demonstrate how well you're doing relative to the crowd. Come on, man. Is that what you do with your house? Yeah, about 99% of the time. Okay? So, you know, my my joke, people don't buy a lake home because they want a lake home. They buy a lake home because they want to tell other people they have a lake home. Huh? Come on. And yeah, maybe you enjoy the lake home. Okay, no, I don't do that because I I love the lake home. I enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But don't tell me there isn't a part of you that's about the other thing I just mentioned because I know. And if you say no, you're just lying. And so, so much of what you do in your home is like that. So the idea that it's an investment. No, it's not. So when you put money into the home, imagine that you buy a home and you say, well, the lower level isn't finished and we're going to finish it. Well, the, the kitchen isn't exactly what we want, want it, and we like the home, and we like the location, but we're going to, in a year or two, we're going to tear the kitchen apart, and we're going to completely redo it. We're going to spend 50000 100000 150000 whatever it is, to remodel this stuff. You, you need to know that that is a horrible idea. And, and, and just to be clear, as we sit here speaking to stay married and appease my wife, our entire kitchen and and lower level is being redone because my wife speaks 401k. All the people I, t- I make fun of, yeah, my wife is one of those people. <laughs> so I have to appease her. But, you know, hey, I'm 60 years old, so it's it's been a while. But the reality is that your 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 neighborhood and where you live has much to do with whether the money that you're putting in is going to be a colossal loss or a a lesser loss, or maybe, maybe, maybe you make a little bit of money. And so here's what I mean by that. Remember that in every neighborhood, in every subdivision, when I talk about real estate investing, I often say you have to know not just the market that you want to invest in, that you want to buy in, but also the sub-market, which is to say more defined, smaller, more incremental. And so if I want to live in St. Louis Park or I want to buy an investment property in St. Louis Park, I don't just want to live in St. Louis Park. I want a particular neighborhood or subdivision that I want to buy. Well, when you look at that, there's very specific things you need to understand and you need to look at. So let's take a break and we'll come back and talk about those things and also maybe even how you might be able to financially benefit from understanding just this one thing. We'll be right back. Does your sump pump run constantly? 
Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty-smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof, draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Are you looking for a bank that supports entrepreneurs like you? If you're searching for a bank to grow with you and your business, I would like to welcome you to our village, Village Bank. Hi, I'm Alicia Webb, President and Vice Chair of Village Bank. I'm honored to lead Village Bank, an entrepreneur's bank that was built by an entrepreneur and for entrepreneurs. Starting a business and then maintaining it requires mindset. It's important for business owners to realize that financial statements aren't just for their bankers and accountants. Knowing your numbers will help build the foundation for you and a healthy and successful business. You don't have to be a financial expert nor a banker, but you do need to understand a few key financial documents and metrics to make your business successful. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn or visit us at villagebankonline.com. It takes a village to accomplish your business goals. And be sure to tune in to cover your assets the last Saturday of every month to fill your entrepreneurial cup of ambition and start your Saturday off right with me, Alicia Webb, and our village, Village Bank. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. He can lift a bus straight over his head. He can fly around the world in seconds. And he has the power to regenerate entire limbs. Okay, so Jason Walgrave isn't actually a superhero. But once you visit his website to find out what he knows about real estate, you may start to think he's superhuman. That's because at JasonWalgrave.com, you'll find absolutely anything you need to know about real estate in the Twin Cities. Whether you're looking to buy or sell your home, check out JasonWalgrave.com, the number one place for all your real estate questions. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412, Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, folks. So, left the break talking about the high and low side of the neighborhood. Now, I, I've got to believe most of you are very familiar with this, but I do want to discuss the profound impact of this, especially when it comes to putting money into your home. 
And I'll tell you that if you are interested in investment property, this becomes even more significant to you because one, in any neighborhood, you're going to have the nicest, biggest homes in that neighborhood, and you're going to have the lower, smaller, less equipped uh, homes with options and things like that. And that is from that and and everything in between, you're going to derive the median income or median, uh, median price point, rather, forgive me, for that neighborhood, for that subdivision. Well, imagine the median, the average. So if you start with the high, start with the low and then put your hands in the middle, that's the average. So if the top end of the neighborhood is 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 three hundred thousand, and the bottom end of the neighborhood is two hundred thousand, well, you've got an average median sale price or or value of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. So imagine this: if that home that you're interested in is on the high side of that neighborhood, the way that you arrive at value is with comparables that are typically within a one mile radius, which really means your neighborhood. Well, the problem with that is that if you're on the high side, the value of your home is diminished and driven down as a result of the median sale value of others in your neighborhood. Likewise, if you buy a home at the lower end of that spectrum, the value of that, the sale value of that home is driven up by the median sale value. So if I'm going to put money in a home and get the biggest bang for the buck, it stands to reason that it better not be one of the nicest homes in the neighborhood. It should be one of the lesser homes in the neighborhood, in which case I'm going to redeem more of that money because it can equally, easily has the headroom to enjoy the benefit of increasing value. It's very important to understand this. The problem is, of course, most people want to be a big fish in a small pond. You know, they can't compete with Beverly Hills and the multi-million dollar properties, and they can't compete with the million dollar or the 500,000 or whatever, wherever you are in your life. And so within the neighborhood they live in, they want to have the nicest home in the neighborhood they live in. Well, guess what? In terms of value, resale, investment, those are terrible things. So when you go to put money in your home, you must recognize from the very beginning, take a look around and say, is my home on the higher or lower end of that spectrum, or is it right smack in the middle? Where is it? And that will determine whether or not you're going to get a a reasonable ROI on the money that you put into that property. Very important. I could spend the entire hour just on that alone. But that being said, why is it then that whenever I have considered listing my home, I've owned, you know, two or three homes in my lifetime or whatever it is, or when I listen to real estate shows, uh, an agent who goes out on a listing appointment with you to, to meet with you and talk about listing your home and see if you feel they're the right agent and sign on the dotted line to agree to, to contractually let them be the exclusive listing agent for the next six months, 12 months, whatever it happens to be. Why is it? that they go through and they start telling you all the things that you're going to have to do to sell your home. Because here's the thing. It is, it is, it is, it is exceedingly debatable whether or not you're even going to come close dollar for dollar with the money that you're going to put in. In other words, if the improvements or the things that you need to spiff up are 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, 
it is exceedingly debatable as to whether or not you're going to see that amount of money dollar for dollar back when you go to sell it. So why are they telling you to do that? Why don't they just let you sell the dump the way it is right now? Huh? Because it's also debatable whether you could sell it at all, much less at the price that you think it's worth. Because you think if it's, okay, look, it's got some problems. Every house does. But, you know, it's still 85% of what it needs to be. And you assume that it would get 85% of top dollar, and you would probably be wrong about that. It won't. It won't. Because homeowners who come in can never see the reaching. In other words, why do they stage a home? Because look, man, I'm not an idiot. I can go into an empty home, and I should be able to envision what it would look like with all these things. Answer, not true. Not true. Uh, An agent who knows what they're doing can buy your house for for the actual reasonable price, stage that home, spend a few thousand dollars on staging it, maybe a couple thousand dollars on painting it, and sell that property two weeks later for twenty, thirty thousand dollars more. That's the truth. So you have to know one that your home that you're that you think is worth X number of dollars. The agent wants the listing. If they come in and tell you that your home is only worth you know, this amount because it's below. It's not the 85% or 90% of the number. You don't like what you hear. And so your answer to that is to find a new real estate agent. Well, that agent makes their living by having you sign on the dotted line on an exclusive listing, right? If, if they're going, if you're, if they're going to be the seller's agent in this case, that's what's going to happen. So they have to, on some level, tell you what you want to hear to buy that listing from you. That's what I mean by buy the listing. And so, one, they're going to tell you all the things that need to be done because if not, you're not going to get the price that you believe. And two, they're not going to be able to sell the property at all. And remember, they are paid on performance. And if they can't sell that house at all, because whatever offer you're given, they already know you're not going to take it because your mortgage or the amount that you expect to get in equity when you walk away is nowhere near what you're anticipating. They know the house isn't going to sell. So they tell you that number because, one, it makes it easier for them to sell it, and two, it's more appeasing to you. But the idea that if I put $20,000 into the home and I get dollar for dollar 20000 back out, yeah, let me tell you, that's a tough proposition. Because most of the things that you invest in won't return dollar for dollar. You know, I've, I've, I've used this analogy before. Again, it's very useful. You go on, on HGTV and I remember I used to watch a show where they had three different, you know, uh, homeowners who were going to be competing with one another to remodel their kitchen. You know, the home that returns the best ROI for money invested in the home. And these people would compete to do the things that they already wanted to do with some sense of, I wanted to increase its value relative to the amount of money that I put in. Well, most of the time, the people who won out of the three, not the people who lost, were only getting something approaching a 90% ROI, which means that for every dollar they put in, they were losing 10 cents on every dollar. If I showed you a legitimate investment in the stock market with the proposition that you were going to lose 10% the day you spent them or gave me the money to invest, how excited would you be about that investment? And that's the reality, guys. That's the reality. So this notion that your home is a good investment is quite literally the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. 
a home is the home that you live in is not really an investment. And remember that a liability costs you money and an asset makes you money. So even if you have your home's mortgage paid off, you still have property taxes, you still have insurance, and you still have all the ongoing maintenance to keep it in good working order. What does that make it? An asset makes you money or a liability costs you money. It's a liability. Now, you say, yeah, but you got to live somewhere. And I agree with that. How can I argue with that? But then the question is, what is that cost and how much of what you're spending on that home is about the lifestyle that you want, the home that you can prove, you know, show to other people when you have little parties or birthday parties for your kids or dinner or cocktail parties with your friends or your family. How much of that home and its value is about that rather than realistically, is this a good investment? And you understand how quickly you start going in the other direction. And remember this, guys, if you want to create wealth in your life, and so when I say you speak 401k, 90% plus of the population, I already know 90% of the population doesn't even seek to create wealth in their lives because they don't even believe in it. They don't think it's available to them. And so to them, Todd, you don't understand. We're just trying to live and survive. No, I understand just fine. I understand that if you ever want to dig yourself out of that hole, you got to start thinking differently. And at some point, obviously, if you create a level of wealth for yourself, then you can come back and you can do all these things. And they represent a a fraction of your overall net worth. But when you're doing them every step along the way, as soon as you have the money, you never create any stability and you never get anywhere. And certainly, you're never going to create any level of financial independence. And this whole idea that you're going to make so much money that you'll have ample money to invest and have the life that you, life and lifestyle that you dream of it's a fallacy the folks who are the actors the actresses the the professional athletes they get paid more money than most of you ever will and they don't do it how many of them wind up in bankruptcy because they're pursuing lifestyle to prove to everybody they're they're big rock in life right and if you have those same designs then that's the deal you know so Remember that every lifestyle expense that you either accept or desire is in direct conflict with that same amount of money that could be used to grow and compound within an investment to at some point make you financially independent and financially strong. That's the deal. So we're going to talk about how to do it in a neighborhood, at least the lesser of evils, and see if that might interest you. We're going to take another break. We'll be right back. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, Seamless Solutions mn.com ask for billy i have trusted attorney brian aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients aho law office is the go-to firm i choose because brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. 
Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number, 612-271-4047. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. Mike Overson here of Minnesota Home Talk. With today's housing market, buying a house is a competition. To win in a multiple offer situation, you have to work with a local lender who has the reputation of being 100% reliable. Come to the winning team. Get pre-approved for your loan by one of the top lenders in the nation, the Mike Overson Mortgage Team at Luminate Home Loans. We will help you win. Call me at 612-202-8321. That's Mike Overson at 612-202-8321 or go to applywithmike.com. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures, on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer-for-life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. One, one. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412, Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. So... So look, just as a as a wrap around here, if your home and its equity is the largest asset related to your net worth, then you are in trouble. 
And I say that because I already know that for the vast majority of people who are homeowners, that's exactly their situation. Whatever equity they have in their home probably is more money than they have in their retirement account or any other investment that they have. You need to know that's a problem. And when somebody tells me, I say, how are you doing financially? (laughs) And they proudly tell me about the home and its value and how much the the value is versus the loan or whether they've paid it off. They think they're they're really proud in telling me that they have their home paid off or they have their home almost paid off. And then they tell me about the pittance of, of investment value they have everywhere else. They think I'm impressed and I'm not impressed at all. I think just the opposite. So you may live in a nice home, but if that is your number one asset, or God forbid you call it number one investment, then that is a horrible thing. And all you've done is thrown yourself into the vat of dum-dums that society breeds. That's exactly what's going on. So you have to change that way of thinking. There's no question about it. Now, if you are going to make money on on a home, if you actually want to make money, there there are strategies to do that, and I think that they're worth exploring here, and I'm going to do that quickly. One is that if I move into a neighborhood in the beginning stages of, a, of the neighborhood build-out, so let's say I, I'm, I'm looking at a subdivision that has not yet been built out, and, you know, there's, there's 50 home sites and five of which have been built on. Well, you should know that it's dangerous to do that, especially if you're on the higher end right now, because the Lord knows some of the higher end homes could experience some challenges coming up at us here. And so when you are the sixth home in that neighborhood, you're taking a little bit of a risk, hoping that you're not going to be living in a brand new subdivision with 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 uh, unpaved streets and curbing, but no houses in it for the next two or three years. It's very possible. Remember what happened the last go around in the last real estate crisis. The number of, of, of partially built out neighborhoods that had curbing and sewer and all of these subdivided home sites and they sat there for years with three or four or ten houses in that subdivision. So when you buy in that neighborhood, you're taking a risk, which means there is a subjectivity to it or there is conjecture. And, and whenever you get involved in investing and it's, it's speculative, you're on dangerous ground. And I tell you all the time here that I don't believe in taking risks. This whole idea that you, if you want to succeed in life, you got to take risks. I don't buy it because I don't like taking risks at all. I know the numbers. I live and breathe and make my decisions from a position of financial accuracy and the numbers either work or they don't work. So I would never do what we're talking about here, but you might. And so, If I buy a home and I'm the 10th home in that neighborhood and there's another 30 or 40 left to be built, the reality is that the, that the spread, the, 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 if, if, if we're, if we're in a market where this is dictated, the margin for that builder might be diminished to get more people, more falling in of houses being built in that neighborhood. Because once it gets to about a halfway point, I can charge more because now people are less fearful because other people are jumping in, have already jumped in, and now I'm willing to hold hands with everybody else and jump off the cliff. That's kind of the reality of, of, of almost everything. That's that's really what, what hurts most of you also, by the way. Well... Over the next two or three years while that development's being built out, the material costs and labor costs are going up. So is the margin on the on the overall cost to the builder where they're making more money. 
As a result, the same home that you bought two years ago is now fifty or a hundred thousand dollars more than you bought it. You live in that home for two or three years, and when the value of that property is assessed through an appraisal, the comparables are all going to be based on new construction and new construction costs and labor costs. As a result, the value of your home will be significantly driven up over those two years because your home's comparables are all new construction as opposed to the secondary market. You stay in that home for a few years, and before the last few home sites are built out, you sell that home, and you will probably walk away with a significant chunk of change and then move into another neighborhood and do it again and do it again and do it again. And I'll bet you, many of you who are listening to this know people who have done this three or four times, and now they own their home with no mortgage because they've rolled that equity from one property to the next. Now, I'm not saying having your home paid off free and clear, you know, the dream of the American person is a good thing, but it beats the heck out of not having the money, so I can't argue with that. But that's a way that you might be able to do it. Now, if you say, yeah, but I'd never be willing to move that frequently. Well, then it doesn't work for you. Huh? Right? But that is an opportunity. That, that there's, there's something to that. Now, let's explore something else. The next thing. Should I work hard to pay off my home more quickly? Okay? Now that we've beaten that other thing to death. Um, should I... Should I do the, you know, the, the, the Dave Ramsey plan or whatever, instead of making my monthly mortgage payments and adding a little money towards principal each month, I'm going to make my, take my, my house payment, divide it in two, and every two weeks I'm going to make that 50% of that house payment. And hey, if I do that, I've been told that I'm going to pay off my house seven years early because I'm actually making more of a payment. I'm making two months worth of payments more every single year. Yep, that's true. That's true. So should I do that, Todd? Because everybody I know, everybody I know, you know, all the other dum-dums holding hands, uh, tells me that's the way to go. Because you know what? It's a sure thing. Yep. Okay. Well, that same amount of money, let's just be very clear. If you were to say to me, Todd, if I don't do that, because I'm smart enough to know that my greatest enemy managing money, investing money, is me. And, and there, that is a thing. Never forget that. Overcoming oneself and the de- desires that a human being has is, frankly, the most challenging thing in the world. And that's why day-by-day money management is the most challenging thing in the world. You going to say something, Josh? Nope. Just, okay. Nope. Yeah. So that part is true. So if you tell me if you don't put the money into the house in this way, you'll just spend it. I'm not going to argue with the fact that that doing something to to the value to to the benefit of yourself to overcome your own sensibilities. I don't I don't argue it's a good thing. But if you say to me, if I take that same amount of money and put it somewhere else, can I do better? And the answer is abundantly. Yes. And I don't mean a little bit better. I mean a lot better. And remember something that that a good investment, realistically, 1% more than the alternative is a dramatic benefit, not a little bit. So if, you, if you're paying 4% on your mortgage and you can get 5%, 6% in an investment, the difference isn't a little. It's catastrophic over time. And we call that difference, that delta, lost opportunity cost. Let's take a break. We'll be right back talking more about should you invest in your home.
Hello, I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Zero, zero. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. Are you looking for a bank that supports entrepreneurs like you? If you're searching for a bank to grow with you and your business, I would like to welcome you to our village, Village Bank. Hi, I'm Alicia Webb, President and Vice Chair of Village Bank. I'm honored to lead Village Bank, an entrepreneur's bank that was built by an entrepreneur and for entrepreneurs. Starting a business and then maintaining it requires mindset. It's important for business owners to realize that financial statements aren't just for their bankers and accountants. Knowing your numbers will help build the foundation for you and a healthy and successful business. You don't have to be a financial expert nor a banker, but you do need to understand a few key financial documents and metrics to make your business successful. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn or visit us at villagebankonline.com. It takes a village to accomplish your business goals. And be sure to tune in to cover your assets the last Saturday of every month to fill your entrepreneurial cup of ambition and start your Saturday off right with me, Alicia Webb, and our village, Village Bank. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fix 
FixAutoUSA.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the WOW experience. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at at Kim at KimNibo.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back, everybody. So, you know, that that Delta, the lost opportunity cost of the money, is what the money would have otherwise done had you invested it in something that we might call a more legitimate investment. And know that when you're investing in the paper market, I teach people regularly, you know, the four different types of investing, which typically are, and everything else is a variation on these things, is one, your paper investments, things that you're all familiar with. Uh, many of you invest in retirement account, and you do it through stocks, bonds, mutual funds, uh, index funds, ETFs, whatever. <clears throat> There's that. Then there is uh, investing in your own business could always argue whether or not the investment in your own business is any better than investing in the stock market and getting a six to eight percent return because it's not about the income that you make in a business it's about the the return on investment on top of your income that the business generates for the money invested and most small business owners couldn't even tell you what that was if their life depended on it so there's that Third one is investing in other people's businesses because, hey, maybe their return and the way they manage their business and its operations are more efficient, and that business makes more money for the invested dollar than your own business would or than the than the market might, which typically you want to consider something in the range of 6 to 8% with paper investments. So if something is better, then it's better. And the last one is real estate. And real estate investing, when it's done right, uh, is frankly something that, Often, not always, not for most people because they don't know how to vet it, but should, if it's if it's good, should trump all of those, um, at least as a somewhat passive investment. It's not completely passive, but I, you don't buy investment real estate and go to work as the tenant manager uh, or the handyman fixing stuff. If you do that, you don't know what you're doing and your day job doesn't pay you very much. And for a lot of you, I know the answer to that would be, that's right, that's true. And so, fair enough. Then, then maybe that's you. But if you know, if you make a, a, a good amount of money, then you should pay somebody else to hire those uh, to do those things. But the idea of paying off my home early—that money—I call it debt equity. Debt equity, meaning, you know, you tell me you got a five hundred thousand dollar home or a three hundred thousand dollar home, and your mortgage is only a hundred thousand, and you're you're beaming when you tell me that that it's worth that much, and you only owe a hundred thousand dollars, and you have yay amount of equity. I look at that money and say that's debt equity because that's the money that's in the house. That basically all the the only offshoot is that you're not paying. You're not you're not paying the same amount of interest on the rest of your loan. Well, if that amount is three percent, you know, a three percent investment return is certainly nothing to write home about when I can stick my money in an index fund or a mutual fund and get five, six, seven, eight percent. And that is equally hands off. So why in the world would you think paying off your mortgage and and redeeming three percent, you know, not having to pay on the debt service is is a positive thing when you could take that same amount of money and put it somewhere else. Well, why is that that people do it then? Because they don't understand anything about money and finance and they're afraid. 
and they want to own their home for fear that someone will come and take it away. I understand. So the desire to pay off one's home is not really a financial strategy. It is a security issue. You're scared of if if the world goes bad tomorrow, you want to know that you own your home and the Gestapo can't come and kick you out. That's what it's about. There's no question. So when you think about an investment property, if I show you one and it returns 30%, if you pay it off in full, it returns 10%. Which one do you like better? Should you invest in your home? We've explored it. I hope you enjoyed it. You want more information? Call me. Be happy to help you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. Hello. I'd like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great. But who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN.